Welcome to Ad Chatter, the podcast from adpulp.com, where we gather around the virtual water cooler and talk about ads and the ad business. Hello, friends and colleagues. Welcome to Ad Chatter from adpulp.com. I'm your host, Dan Goldgeier. In the world of advertising agencies, there's one group of companies that are either in the sweet spot or depending on who you talk to, really stuck in an untenable situation. And that's the mid-sized independent ad agency. You know, the ones that are not too big, not too small, not new, not terribly old, not located in New York City, but also not in East Nowhere either. So we're going to dive into the challenges and opportunities faced by those kind of agencies with our guest today. And I'm pretty excited to have him, Steve Red. He is the president and chief creative officer of Red Tedimer O'Connell and Partners in Philadelphia. Currently, Steve leads an agency handling clients such as Dietz & Watson, Nesquik, E&J Gallo, and Nature's Bakery. And I think that's kind of the four major food groups, if you ask me. Uh, so let's get started. Steve Red, welcome to Ad Chatter. Hey, nice to meet you. Good to meet you, and thank you for being here. Um, I know a little bit about Red Tedimer and Partners, but for all the Red Tedimer O'Connell, can't forget the O'Connell. There you go. Uh, and partners, but uh, you Sounds know, like for a the, law firm, but it's not. No, no, you know, it's <laughs> it's ad, ad agencies either have a law firm name or they've got some crazy name, like right, you know, the one here that used to be in Seattle called Wexley School for Girls, which you know, cool agency, cool name, but definitely, you know. definitely admire their <laughs> their time. But uh, yeah, so I mean, just give me the thirty second elevator pitch for who you guys are and and what your what you what your sweet spot is. Um, hmm. I don't know if I know what my sweet spot is, but, uh, we are, um, an agency, as you said, Dan, we're, uh, we're headquartered in Philly, um, and we're very proud Philadelphians. We're proud to be from Philly. We're proud to be headquartered in Philly, but we don't really consider ourselves a, a Philly agency and, sure. and that we don't, um, really mind business in Philadelphia. We have a couple of Philadelphia clients, and for a long time, we were agency of record for Comcast. So there's certainly a huge presence here. But we we consider ourselves an agency that, you know, plays on the national scale. And and we do that pretty well. And we've been doing it for going on 28 years. Wow. So we've yeah. been around a while. But we sure. say we um, we still run like a startup. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of have the the mindset of a, a company just starting out. And I I always, I mean, I think our, our sweet spot is is kind of knowing who we are and really believing in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that uh, this is longer than thirty seconds. So should I keep going or is it, yeah, this keep keep going. Like, this is a, the, yeah, the elevator. This is like is the story stuck. of Red Tatterer. <laughs> yeah, the, the elevator. The elevator is stuck on the elevator pit. Yeah, the elevator is stuck, but hopefully it's interesting. So, um, so we started out uh, as two creative guys. Like um, I, I guess a lot of agencies do. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an art director by trade. My my then partner was a writer by trade, um, Ed Tedimer. And we worked together at an ag agency that is no more, but they had a brief shining moment called Earl Palmer Brown. Sure. And at, at, at the time, they had, I think they had 14 offices. They were fairly significant presence in the in the world of advertising. They had a really good creative reputation. And that's where we met. And we... Um, we really fell in love with each other's passion for advertising. We just had the same like go get a mindset. Yeah. Uh, we used to try and race each other into the 
agency in the morning, like one of us would get there at five in the morning. And then the next day, one of us would get in at four 30 in the morning and we would just try and outpace each other. Yeah. Uh, just to give you an idea of how much we loved what we were doing. The only thing that we didn't uh, feel fulfilled in or didn't feel good about uh, as far as the agency went was they didn't really stand for anything. They yeah. didn't really have like a foundation of belief and certainly there was the the usual like rah rah about we're going to be the best or we're going to be the biggest or we're going to be the most creative like that was said all the time but there was no real um like i said no real commitment to um any kind of beliefs right so uh we we um one of the eight one of the accounts that the the agency won or started working on was turner broadcasting so flashback you know almost 25 or 30 years now um and cable isn't what it was today it was kind of an unsexy thing it was chicken noodle news work people called the chicken noodle news network people called cnn and um, your ads ran in multi-channel news and cable vision. So it wasn't very sexy. Um, but we, we, Ed and I looked at it and we're like, it's cartoon network and it's TV. So it's pretty fun to work on. So we really, um, kind of developed a relationship with the Turner broadcasting people. Long story long, we started doing some work on the side with them and, at one point looked at the work we were doing freelance and said, we could probably make a living at this. So we decided to leave EPB and start our own agency. And when we did, we said the one thing that's missing in our, you know, in our agency lives is that belief. So if we started an agency, we don't really, we don't know or care if it's going to grow to be more than us. We don't really know or care if we're going to be able to get clients beyond the, you know these friends that we have at turner broadcasting um but we don't really care about that if we can have fun and make a nice you know a decent living um we want to have an agency that stands for something so yeah. the day we opened the doors we wrote down our beliefs we wrote down our mission and we said if people come to join us uh they're gonna we're gonna tell them this is what we believe in. And they're either going to choose to, to, you know, walk with us or, or not. And that's, that's a big part, if not the, you know, like the most significant part of why I think we've been around so long and why we've been good for so long and why we continue to attract. I mean, you, you know, the agency business is, is tough to attract and, and keep talent around for a while. Accounts come and go. But we've always had like a group of people that I say is looking in the same direction. Everyone yeah. knows why they're here. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows what, you know, what we're trying to achieve. Everyone understands the expectations are incredibly high yeah. and they, and they love it because they've chosen, you know, to believe in what we, you know, what we're preaching. Got it. Um, so I, that's kind I, of like what set us apart and, and why I think we're successful. Sure. That's, 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 that's great. That's great. I want to kind of dive into the, you know, there's always, you know, I'm a copywriter by trade and a great art director partner is, you know, worth its weight in gold. You know, when you get that, that, that sort of relationship going, you just can't beat it. So yeah. when you and, and, and I guess Ed, Ed Tenema, yeah. when yeah. you guys started your own agency, how do you go from, you're a great creative partnership to your business, your business partners? 
Yeah. What did anything change? I think that's a great question. Uh, nothing really changed because of that that segue that we had, like that freelance kind of segue that we had. And we, um, as creatives, I will say that we've always, both of us had kind of a a business part of our brain. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at um, math or very good at, <laughs> at numbers, but I am good and 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 so was ed and i think it's kind of like seeped into the dna of the agency i'm good at understanding that um this this business is about service sure it's about like resilience it's about not just you know fighting for your idea to the death and and learning that you know you can come back and 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 fight another day. It's much more yeah. important to keep the relationship healthy and keep the the um, the communication healthy. You know, like any relationship. Right. So I think we we both understood those those parts of business really well and acted on them. We our first mission um, we've we've changed its uh, sense, but our first mission was energize our clients and their businesses. Mm-hmm. And we always said, not a very sexy, not a very yeah. sexy mission. Yeah. Um, but ultimately we said, like, if our clients are happy, if our clients are excited by the work, then it's going to be that much more effective and the relationship is going to be that much more healthy. So we always had an eye on like, not just being great creatives or, you know, being in all the awards uh, uh, annuals and and shows, it was much more for us about like, how do we really dig in and help, help our clients do what they need to do? Sure. Sure. Did you have a mentor? Did you ask some folks for advice when you first started out call somebody who had already run an agency or, or anybody like that? Not really. You're shaking no. your head. So no, you no, just flew no, away. <laughs> I, not, not really. I, and I came, I came into advertising in kind of a bass backwards way. I, I, I started out as a, wanted to maybe be a journalist and then Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a painter. And so I kind of found my way into advertising in a weird haphazard way. So I didn't really have uh, a mentor in that way, but I, I will say we were very, um, we were very taken with like the, the iconic people and that kind of made advertising a thing like Ogilvy. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we have our, we, part of those beliefs that I talked about, we call them our, our trailblazers and Ogilvy has their magic lantern. So we kind right. of like, we saw what Ogilvy did and how deep seated that, that belief was. So I would right. say we stole a lot of that mojo from, mm-hmm. from those kinds of icons in the, in the yeah. industry. Got it. So how many people do you have now working there? Give or take. We have 75. I think. 75. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So, you know, you're, you're, you have a creative background. You're the chief creative officer. How hands-on or hands-off are you now? What's it like? I, cause I asked this question of, of, of my buddy, John January, who runs signal theory in Kansas city and he's copywriter by trade. I said, you know, what does it take to, do you, do you have a hand in the day-to-day work still? And if not, how do you let go and trust your people? That's another good question. I, um, <laughs> I had a, I, I think a lot of creative people, and especially entrepreneurial creative people, have this problem. I had a long history of of being uh, 
you know, the, the person, the creative director that came in in the morning and got on somebody else's computer and changed the work. Oh uh, yeah. You I know, wouldn't like, want to, I wouldn't want to work. For you. Yeah. That was not, not, a, <laughs> not, a, not a nice thing. And that didn't, um, didn't sit well with, with people. And, uh, but but it's, tough. it's tough. It's tough. It's you want to do it the it, way you want to do it. I did, you know, yeah. learn eventually that, uh, and I, speaking, I don't know who said it because I, I just said I didn't have many mentors, but I, I heard once early on in my, uh, in my upbringing in advertising that um, in this business, it's, 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 um, you're most successful when you get to a place where you're using your head more than your hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did take that to heart. And I have found in my, you know, in my, my older years that uh, it's much more exciting, or at least as exciting to see people succeed around you and make ideas come to life um, in, in many times in better ways that I ever could, you know, mm -hmm. and that yeah. my town would ever let me do so. I've I've gotten to a place, uh, especially with our agency, where I I love to see the folks around us growing and succeeding. I love to yeah. see the the ideas that aren't coming out of uh, out of me. But I I will stay still on the other side of that. I am very hands on. My my co chief creative officer and partner Steve O'Connell, um, who joined the agency uh, probably twelve years ago now. Ed is gone. He's on off yeah. to be a bum. So um, we're very, we're very hands-on. Yeah. And okay. um, we are to the point where when we interview new talent and people coming in, especially if they're from big agencies and especially if they are high up in the food chain, yeah. uh, we say, if you come here, don't expect to like sit in a chair and tell people what to do. Like mm -hmm. that's not yeah. our agency. Yeah. Everyone does everything and everyone supports everyone and no one kind of is above anything. So gotcha. Which leads yeah. me to my next question mm -hmm. on your website. You have a stated policy that reads no shitheads. So yeah. <laughs> I want you to tell me what you think a shithead is in the context of an advertising agency. Um, we always say that in this business, you need to come with a point of view and you yeah. need to, and you need to be able to defend it, but you, you can't be a dick about it at our yeah. agency. Mm -hmm. um, excuse my French. You the the kids aren't listening. I promise. We, you. We've tried. We tried to create an environment. Um, and if you come to our offices, I think you'll you'll feel it as soon as you you step in the door. We've tried to create an environment where people are free to take risks, free, mm -hmm. free to like put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like we we say the idea is the boss. Once the idea, we come up with the idea, we, we all live in service of it. So shitheadism is just another <laughs> behavior that gets in rid of, gets in, in, in front of creativity or yeah. is in the way of creativity. So um, we, we apply it to both uh, potential folks that work here and, and clients like they both uh, don't, service well in the long run and i'm not going to say that we've never worked uh with a shithead client and we've never had shitheads amongst us at the, oh, that, at the yeah. agency but mm -hmm. they they um they both wear out their welcome quickly because mm -hmm. uh 
in an environment where everybody's, like I said, everybody kind of believes in the same thing, has the same expectations for themselves. Yeah. They don't feel very good about themselves. So, right. Right. Which leads me to my next question. And you obviously have, of course, more control over who's in your, your agency than the clients you work for. But you know, when you deal with a difficult client, how do you tell them that they're wrong? And have you ever fired a client just said, we can't, we can't work with these people. We have fired a couple clients in our in our history, and only a couple, um, yeah. because that's not a thing that's ever easy to do. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons. Uh, it, it goes back to I, uh, um, you know, what we talked about in the beginning that that foundation of belief. We also talk about freely in in our pitch situations. And in our early stages of uh, client relationships. So along with the the folks that work with us, clients also sort of know what we stand for. So I think they know what they're, they're in for when they work with, with Mm -hmm. RTOP. Yeah. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we never get into disagreements or never get into, you know, situations where we're not working well together that mm-hmm. that definitely happens but i think it happens less often because folks know what they're getting and we kind of deliver on that that right. that ethos when sure. we work yeah are there any types of clients you wouldn't take on any sort of red lines to say we're not going to do x industry or x business or or what yeah i think it's the it's the typical ones i i no tobacco clients. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no clients that would. Uh, I would. I wouldn't work for Fox News. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. No, you know, Elon Musk said a couple of weeks ago he he's going to start dabbling in advertising for Tesla. And if you knew you had a legitimate shot at it, would you would you pitch his account? That's an interesting one. I have, a a pile of money. I have a Tesla. I have a Tesla, and I consider <laughs> getting rid of it recently. Yeah, um, he's a colorful guy. Yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> I think if it was for Tesla, I think I would still be in for pitching it. Yeah. Okay. Because I think I think the product and what that you know what that whole brand is about is is ultimately good for the world. Um, other things that he's doing are not, but uh, yeah. Thing. I think got I a, well, he's got an interesting business challenge right now. He's got, you know, a lot of fans and then a lot of folks who are actively turned off and yeah. people who were fans anyway. So it's like, it was just an interesting uh, uh, proposition. We'll see where he goes with that. Yep. Um, so, you know, obviously an agency like yours, you've got what, about 60, 70 people. You said some 70, was that right? 75. Yeah. Yep. You know, you have to have versatility in the types of media because, you know, clients these days want everything. They want traditional, they want digital, they want, you know, social media and they want all sorts of, uh, you know, experiential kind of things. Are there, are there things that are just not something you guys are capable of doing that you outsource or is there a certain type of work that you say, okay, we'll do X, but we can't do Y or we, that we know somebody better who do this. Um, you um, know, it just, it, I, I guess where I'm coming from is, you know, in, in an agency of your size, you have the capability to take on a lot of things, but you can easily get bogged down in all sorts of, deliverables right um i don't think there is a discipline that we uh well i know there's no there's not a discipline that we outsource um 
uh, except for PR. And we we love our our partners at DGC. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so at times we we partner with other uh, PR firms to help us out there. Um, we have a media department that buys and sells and plans media, but I would say we have a sweet spot uh, of up to 10 to 12 million in yeah. media. And then mm-hmm. beyond that, it starts to get overwhelming for an agency our size. So sure. I think there are break points with some of the things that we do. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of digital, social comms planning, all those things are in-house and we feel like we're formidable, formidable in, in all of them. Right. Gotcha. What do you, what do you look for in, in job candidates? Do you, do you still interview everybody who comes in? Yeah. I don't interview everybody, but I interview everybody that's coming into the creative department. Got it. Okay. What do you look for? I first look for passion. Mm -hmm. I, like I said, in the beginning, I love this business. Um, I love our agency and I look for people that come in with that kind of enthusiasm for the business and for, and, and for us, honestly, I, it, you know, it's like any owner when Mm -hmm. somebody comes in and has obviously done their research and, and, already kind of pre-loves the things that we do. Yeah. I'm a sucker for that for sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, have you ever hired a creative whose book showed you something you wouldn't have naturally gravitated to? Somebody uh, who gave all, you something completely different? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Like we've hired people. We used to in the very in our very young days, we used to say, um, when you know, when we were pure idealists, we were like, we should just hire lawyers as a copywriter <laughs> because they're, they build a case like they're good. Yeah, they're argumentative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, Persuasive. exactly. I, I don't think we, we haven't done gone that far, but we've hired people because, because they're weird or off the beaten path. Um, we, yeah. we say like, it takes a, a great cast to make a great agency and you have to mm-hmm. have all different kinds of people. So yeah, yeah we're, we're always on the lookout for folks that can think, outside where we ever go. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Was there ever a time where you wanted to walk away and you just said, I'm done with this shit. Was it ever, there's ever been a point where it just got so frustrating that, I mean, every, I think um, a lot of entrepreneurs have those moments and I'm wondering if you did. I no, I've never, I've never thought I'm, I'm ready to quit. Uh, I will say, um, Oh eight, no nine. We're not fun years. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. You're yeah, the last <laughs> recession, was, you know, those are, those are scary years. It's 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 interesting. I mean, any you know anybody who has less than ten years of experience in advertising right now, and that's most people. Yeah, I would imagine you know don't have a conception of what that business was, what the business was like the last time there was this crazy, crazy downturn in in things. Which leads me to the next question: How did COVID affect your agency? I mean, I think we're still sort of coming out of that. Yeah, we um we did really well. Um, we, we, apparently people like us on zoom (laughs) because we want a bunch of business. Yeah. People had to adapt uh, and a lot of people did pretty well doing it after the first shot. Yeah. 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 And I, uh, not to be a broken record, but I attributed a lot of it to our culture and, you know, our culture is really thick and it, it continued to hang together, even though we were all stuck in our homes. So for sure, for sure. So, um, I asked this of, of the other, uh, CEOs I've, I've talked to on the show, what keeps you up at night? Um, finding, 
uh, I don't know if people, yeah, people should hear this at the <laughs> finding um, uh, just uh, off the recent finale of Succession, finding a, a succession plan. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, some, someday it's going to, someday you're going to walk away. Someday. I mean, someday. I someday. I don't know if I'll, if I want to walk away totally yeah. until I drop dead. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely don't want to keep working this hard. I mean, sure. I, yeah. um, so uh, it, it goes back to kind of some of the stuff that we talked in, in the beginning of the conversation. It's, you know, you asked like, how did you parlay your creativity into business? Mm-hmm. It's hard to find people that have our creative passion, but also have those other pieces, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that can run a business that can lead people that want to lead people and run a business. It, right. It's just, it's tough to find people with all those pieces. And we have, we have a great leadership team. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, uh, if I've seen, you know, in anyone's eyes, the the um, desire to like step up and and take on the mantle. So yeah, okay, that's, that's hard to find. Gotcha. So. Yeah. So, um, and lastly, um, you didn't. You mentioned you really didn't have a, a personal mentor or anything like that. But if somebody came to you for advice, what advice would you give to somebody looking to start their own agency? Um, I would. This is going to sound cliche, but I would say follow your passion. Don't, mm-hmm. and the money will come. Yeah. Like great. don't don't chase the money. Mm-hmm. Chase what you love to do and you will get rich doing that. Cool. I had that that sounds like it sounds easier said than done, but you know, <laughs> hey, that's a that's a pretty good philosophy. Um Steve Red, do you have any other any parting thoughts? Anything else you'd like people to know about Red Tedmer O'Connell and Partners? No, the, we're open for business. Okay, that's cool. So thank you so much. <laughs> Steve Red, President and Chief Creative Officer of Red Tedimer O'Connell and Partners in Philadelphia. Thanks for your time today. I Thanks, really Dan. appreciate it. Really nice it. meeting you and talking. Great. And uh, thank you, friends and colleagues, for listening to Ad Chatter from adpulp.com. I'm Dan Goldgeier. We'll be back soon for more ad industry chatter. Take care. Engineered by Dan Goldgeier in Seattle, Washington.